Hi, everyone. Uh, we're just going to start this episode on a, a little bit of a sad note. Uh, I'm dedicating this episode of True North Nerds to uh, my friend Andre Aruda. Andre was a uh, comedian in the Toronto region. Uh, he was a very good dude, and unfortunately, um, we had, uh, well, I had talked to him about being on the podcast uh, when we were first sort of putting it together. And um, around Christmas of uh, last year, Andre uh, unfortunately caught uh, pneumonia and went into a coma and never came out of it. Um, as it turns out, uh, as I was putting this episode together to put on the uh, put on the uh, SoundCloud, uh, Facebook chose to remind me that it was his birthday on Saturday. So I thought it was a uh, kind of fitting that. Um, even though uh, Andre wasn't able to be here physically and be on the show in the end, uh, that uh, we just dedicate this episode to uh, the memory of the anti-giant because he was supposed to be here, and because it's his birthday, I figure this kind of gets him here anyways. So um, if you if you don't know Andre's work, I highly uh, ask you to go to YouTube, look up some of his stand-up, he was a really funny dude, and it's just unfortunate that uh, he's no longer with us. Um, now, uh, from that sad note, uh, on with the show. Set your phasers to sexy. Darth Sven. So there's uh, Darth Sven. Is that what you said his name was? Revan. Well, whatever. Revan. Right. So there's Darth Sven. Uh, there's a, a new Hope Obi Wan. Come to the dark side. Uh, so being from Rebels, we have Gorkerspurkin on the dark side. Leia, Adam Driver. Why weren't you recording? For I that? am recording oh. this. Okay, uh, make sure that part makes it in. That was great. Oh. Yeah, they've been they've been integrating like characters from all over. Like the, the well, a, a couple choice. waves ago had um, had Ahsoka in it from, but like <laughs> grown up Ahsoka from uh, right. Rebels and, and Kanan. Kanan. Yeah. It's like Darth Ikea. <laughs> I listened to a podcast on the weekend where they talked about all the crappy stuff about Star Wars, and the more I listened to it, the more I thought. Why do I even like this franchise? That's There's why you so don't. so many plot holes in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't, just don't think about it. That's it's why a, I don't listen to those things. I'm yeah. like, don't it was ruin fun it to for me. To. It was fun to listen to. Yeah. And it, well, it's a, uh, I've dissected it a little bit of pieces for do, years. It's, it's this podcast called The Incomparable, and they do these drafts. Where yeah. People draft. Like, if they're talking superheroes, they'll draft a team or whatever. But they were drafting terrible Star Wars ideas. Uh, but the last thing they went around the table and they were asking people for, if you could... If you could create one of these Star Wars anthology films, what would you what would you write? And somebody said I would write a movie about Padme. Yes. Say that, thank you. And say that uh, they just faked her death, and the and she survived because Leia says in Episode <laughs> Four that she remembered her mother, right? Or Episode yeah. Five that she remembered her mother. So you you you. You take Padme out of that, and it makes Padme a better character. 
I feel okay. So before good. we before we continue on that line, hi everybody, welcome to a new episode of True North Nerds. We got started without you. <laughs> <laughs> um, t- this episode is a geektastic episode and has the uh, the uh, uh, fabulous foursome. Sounds that, good. That sound good. I'll, uh, you know, I'll go with that. Uh, with us as drink. always is Kevin. Hello. How you doing, Kevin? Well, excuse the voice. I've been been a little under the weather lately. We're in the middle of the run of a show, and half the cast got sick, and we had to yeah. cancel a performance last week. So uh, we're all getting over it, but uh, I'm feeling much better. It's today. kind of the, the drawback with community theater a little bit, right? It's, it like, it's to, like you don't have much in the way of understudies, yeah, especially when the whole cast gets We have sick. no understudies. Okay. Uh, but uh, this, the nature of this show is that other people can sort of spell off because it's not it's not a story. It's not one one plot thread we're following. Yeah. You're not playing a character. You're playing a bunch of characters because it's a bunch of scenes. Mm-hmm. So we've muddled through it. Um, and when you have 21 people in a room the size of, um, you know, a bus stop bathroom, germs are going to get spread. Oh yeah. Well, well it's that time of year. It's going around. Yeah, I just, that time I just of year. And, myself. and yeah. it's a super high energy show. And the first week, including dress rehearsals, we ran it eight times. And is there kids in your cast? No kids. Oh, okay. but, uh, like, because you know, they're, they're just germs We're spending right there. a lot of energy. <laughs> a lot of energy gets expended in this show, so that puts a damper on your immune system, too. Yeah. And we all got it. And we're all that. Stay healthy. It. Be lazy. Yeah. Or don't act, I guess. Not that my phone. That actually got picked up. That would be Jen's phone. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I muted my I'm phone not tonight. apologizing. Also with us is Ryan. Hello. And Jen. Hello. And Brent. Because I'm Brent. So, uh, since the last recording of the episode, uh, we actually got some Star Trek news about a show we kind of thought might not be happening the last time we spoke. Um, There has been an official casting notice for Star Trek Discovery. Um, We're getting not only a female captain in the show, but an Asian female captain. In uh, actress Michelle Yeoh will be Captain. I love Michelle Yeoh. George 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 I have no. I love Michelle uh, Yeoh. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and uh, Broadway actor, well, Broadway and film. Apparently, he's done a lot of movies. Uh, Anthony Rapp will be in as apparently a Starfleet uh, fungologist. He, yes. he studies alien fungi. Oh, okay. I thought you said funkologist. I'm like, so he brings <laughs> the funk? Yes. Well, he's a very good singer, so he might. He was uh, he was in Rent. Let, oh, okay. So Let's be honest. If they're going to have a Starfleet funkologist, it's got to be George Clinton and P-Funk. <laughs> so right so they're aboard the mothership. So There's only three people listening to this podcast that oh, yeah. got that joke. <laughs> He's a fungologist. He's such a fun guy. He's also going to be Star Trek's first openly gay character. So, not that it's a big deal anymore. After Sulu. Do you think that happened on purpose? Do you think the film guys went, you know, fuck them. We're going to have a gay guy first. No, I don't don't think so. I don't think so. Just all coincidence in the end. I don't think the film people and the TV people talk to each other Probably not too too much. (laughs) Although I think they share the the same executive producer. I think Alex Kurtman's Yeah, and I think think that the reason that Discovery uh, wasn't going to launch during the 50th anniversary year is because there's some sort of agreement that says you can't launch a new TV series within six months of a Star Trek film. Yeah, and the the Star Trek film universe is off limits as well, as I understand, as yeah. part of that 
like the the new film universe. Right. I think the old one is still fair game. And um, and actor slash uh, guy in every Guillermo del Toro film under a ton of makeup. Doug Jones is in uh, this uh, show. Uh, other than Kevin, anybody want to take a guess what Doug Jones plays on this Star Trek show? Uh, An alien? Correct, Jen. Like he is going to be in makeup because apparently Doug Jones isn't allowed <laughs> to show his face. Um, is he a new alien or an old alien? Uh, he's new. a species we haven't seen before, apparently. Okay. So they're not telling us. Is what, uh, no. Not so yet. So we still haven't seen it. No. Oh. And uh, I, I really like him as... Uh, he was the physical body of Abe Sapien in both Hellboy 1 and Hellboy mm-hmm. 2, but he was also the voice of Abe in Hellboy 2. I was going to say, I thought in 2 he was the voice. Yeah, and David High Pierce was the he voice He was that creepy guy one. with the eyes in his hands in yep. um, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. I never did see that. Guillermo oh, likes using him for that sort of stuff. And he was he, also the Silver, Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer, yeah. He was the physical Silver Surfer in Rise of uh, oh, okay. Silver Fantastic Surfer. Which, uh, I have not seen I that. gave Brent a quizzical look because I wasn't sure what he was talking about. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne did the uh, did the voice. That's so. what I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Which is, it, much like Darth Vader, it's one of those weird pairings of like you, well, I guess you can't tell what Doug Jones looks like with all the CG they threw on him. Yeah. But it's like, it's like... He is a skinny white guy with like a deep black guy voice. In, in that case, um, I just find it kind of neat. It, it's nice that Star Trek is pushing, once again, pushing the um, what we all have, like uh, the the cultural boundaries, and yeah. we, mm-hmm. we now have an Asian captain, possibly not the captain of the Discovery. But she's not the it. captain of the Discovery, from what I've read. She's the sh- captain of a ship called the Shinzu. I yeah. Think. Um, Which and we got to also remember that the captain is not the lead character on this yeah, show. So we still don't know the who the lead, the lead character is yeah. on this show. Hmm. But the thing for me is um, in my late teens, early 20s, I got you know, hardcore into kung fu movies. Mm-hmm. And if you had told me at that time that eventually I would see two North American-based uh, projects, Star Trek and Star Wars... Starring Michelle Yeoh and Donnie Yen yeah. in them, I would have told you to fuck off because that wasn't happening. Is this but. why you get upset when I say Kung Fu Panda is the best Kung Fu movie ever? Yes, it's a very good movie. It's not the best Kung Fu movie. I don't <laughs> know what two. would be, to be honest with you. That's I haven't a seen really a lot hard. of Kung Fu movies. There, there's Kung, Kung Fu, Fu Hustle. It's Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Hustle is one of my favorites. I do enjoy Kung Fu Hustle. That's a fun movie. Is that the funny one? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Kung Fu Hustle and uh, Shaolin Soccer. The yes. Most Stephen Chow movies are... I like Stephen Chow. Uh, he had a, there's a previous one before that called God of Cookery. Okay. That's kind of like Shaolin Soccer, but with food. Well, we didn't see that one. No, it's, it's an earlier big, movie. Uh, Stephen... Yeah, we did for yeah. a while there because he he made that weird sort of ET ish, which was movie. also a good movie. It was weird, but it was good. And it's on Netflix. I'm, if I'm not Canada. mistaken, he also uh, he also made the movie that in China broke Titanic's box office record. Oh, really? Uh, I, I think it was called Mermaids. I'd, I'd have to double check mm. it, but like. Has- like has, it, it's it, it's a pretty he's very big over there. Obviously, has anyone watched the Crouching Tiger sequel? Yes. Oh, I keep forgetting. Uh, no, I is it good? I enjoyed it. I never actually saw all of Crouching Tiger hidden. You know the the first one, the first one. But uh, so I watched it because it was, you know, popped up on Netflix. I was like, sweet, I'll watch this. 
Yeah. I enjoyed is it. That's Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Too, right? yeah, she returned. She's one of the only people returning because I, I don't so. think Chow Young Fat's in it, right? I love okay. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. It's a beautiful movie. It's one of those movies I watched like seven, eight, nine times. And it's uh it, it's weird that we in some ways we didn't get a crap ton of sequels to it because it's it's part of a book series that yeah. there's yes. like fourteen books I even or something for translations of the books. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think I couldn't do find them. Yeah, I oh, don't they're only think available in Chinese. Yeah. Well, when when did for, Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon come out? It was like nineties, uh, uh, maybe early two thousands. Yeah, so I I searched to the best of my internet capabilities at that time, and uh, I couldn't find any available translations. The first time I saw two thousand. The first time I saw Crouching Tiger, the community theater in Aurelia brings in Toronto Film Festival movies once a month. And I don't know if they knew what they were getting when they chose Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon as one of their choices, because usually they're very artsy, you know, serious drama films. They probably thought it was an artsy Well, to be fair, it is. But there's some awesome fight scenes. Yeah, oh yeah. Did it not get nominated for an Oscar? Was it not nominated for picture? Oh, look now. I could probably understand, you know, because like you said, it was a hit in oh, the, yeah. the film circuit, the like yeah. film festival. So I can totally understand why they would bring it in. Yeah. It's probably the one they got the most people going to see. Maybe. Uh, yeah, it was. A, oh, yeah, it was a, um, nominated for best foreign language film, best picture, best director, best adapted screenplay, best original song. Best costume design, best art direction, best film editing, best original score and best cinematography. Um, in the end, it won Best Foreign Film, uh, da, 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 Best Costume Design. This is for the 2000 Os- Oscars? Uh, 73rd, yeah. so yeah, I think so. so um, best Original Score. What would have won Best Picture that year? Uh, uh, there's a link to it. Uh, I would the get, 2001 is that Titanic? Uh, no, Oscars. Titanic before that. Uh, Gladiator won for Best Picture. Also yeah. a good movie. Not as good as Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. No. No. Um, (laughs) Just to to give you an idea. Actually, that was a bad year. Um, Uh, It was Gladiator 1, also nominated for Best Picture, was uh, Chocola, which is a good movie. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, Aaron Brockovich was a pretty solid film. And uh, Traffic. Was the the that the might last be the one. last year that I saw all of the Oscar nominations? Yeah, yeah it's got to be pretty close. I was doing a classical history courses at university when Gladiator won, and I remember after that movie came out, my uh, Roman history professor took the first man eh, maybe forty minutes of our lecture ranting about how wrong it was. It was awesome. <laughs> Jeez, you know what? I'm looking through this, and this is one of the last times I can remember the the Oscars of actually picking movies that I thought deserved like accolades right. and actors, because that's the year uh, Russell Crowe won for Gladiator. Which, yeah, yeah if you're gonna give Gladiator best but picture, also nominated that year was uh, <laughs> Javier Bardem for uh, Before Night Falls, Tom Hanks for Castaway, Ed Harris for Pollock, and. Uh, Jeffrey Rush for Quills, which was the, Ooh, the Marquis a, de Sade movie. That was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Decent movie, but he's even better than the movie is. You know what I mean? Like he, Jeffrey he Rush is, a is really one of those good... car- one of those actors that even if the movie is not good, he's good in it. Mm. Gods of Egypt. Yes. Gods of Egypt. <laughs> 
had something. Sorry, in my I think throat. you're choking on something there, Brent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gods of Egypt is a prime example. Oh, it, yeah. And you look at best supporting actor, it's Benicio del Toro for Traffic, Jeff Bridges for The Contender, Willem Dafoe for Shadow of a Vampire. How did he not win for that? Um, that's the one that takes place during the. It's supposed to be about the filming of the original silent film of Nosferatu. Oh yes. Uh, except okay. the, the there's a question that it, uh, Max Shrek, the the actor who played the vampire, is actually a vampire or not? It's a really good film. Oh, I haven't seen um, that. One. Albert Finney for uh, Aaron Brockovich and Joaquin Phoenix for Gladiator. Oh, that was a really good year for Oscars. Hmm. Well, you know, you always. It's, for me, the Oscars kind of lost something the year that um, Halle Berry kind of yeah. talked her way into winning one. Yeah. Because yeah. she, she basically went on the campaign of, like... If I don't win, you're racist. Yeah. To, and which backed the voters into a corner. Yeah. was like, well, if we don't... If, she, if she's right, we're racist. If she, But if she does win, then we're just bowing down to her basically pressuring us into it. And and that was kind of the last year that I was like, eh. Other than the year that I had a terrible head injury and was well, stuck the, in the waiting room. That was the only time that I That's watched. That's the best way to watch the Oscars. That was the only time I watched the Oscars from start to finish was when I was sitting in the ER while he was getting his head stapled, which also my birthday. To all the listeners out there, never get a terrible head injury on your wife slash girlfriend's birthday because you never live in town. Nope. At least you have an excuse why you forgot if you forgot that. It's only oh, been it's post concussion syndrome. It's only been six years. I'm not letting it go. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it looks like the Star Trek series is moving forward, which is good because yeah. we kind of thought it might be dead in the water there for a little bit. Well. I'm, there's a guy at I work who's got some contacts downtown and down in the city, I guess, uh, through his sales or somebody he knows. Or mm-hmm. This guy's one of those guys, oh, I know a guy who knows a guy. And I guess his friend works in one of the studios. That, They're building, They've been yeah. building. Like, apparently there's like three big sound stages that they've been building sets. Oh, they took over three of them. That's what he said. Wow. And it's just, just they've, they've, well, been, it's... they've been signed on for like, Multiple years. Pinewood's not a huge so. studio oh, they're either. In Toronto? Yeah. yeah, they're filming nice. down. At, yeah. It's the same studio where uh, Pacific Rim filmed. Because I was, I told my dad, is if you have any carts going in there, I'm going with you. And I have a friend who uh, does background work on film projects in Toronto, mm. and she says that's the thing everybody in the community is buzzing about right now mm. is Star Trek. Because everybody ends up working on Star Trek. And everybody kind of wants to. Like, mm-hmm. really, like well, it, you know, you... put me in a whole whack of prosthetics. I'll sit in the background for a scene just yeah. to yeah, say that yeah. I did it. That well, would be awesome. I would yeah. do that. And well, if you look at it, look at the history of Star Trek. If you, you might be like an alien one episode, then there's the, you know, the next season, you're a recurring character that's a completely you know, out of makeup. Yeah. Or the next movie, you're in it again as somebody, you know, they, they, they're very incestuous when they... Mm-hmm. Uh, when they cast. One of my favorite things like that was, I, I want to say it was either the 25th or 30th anniversary celebration of Star Trek. And they had this big TV special about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Larroquette came out. John Larroquette plays a Klingon. In Star Trek 3. In Star Trek 3. And he mentions the fact that he's like, I acted beside Christopher Lloyd for three months. Where I meet him at the rap party, he had no idea who I was because they were in prosthetics the entire time. 
it was that and he got off a good joke about quentin tarantino because he was there for whatever reason and he and he's like nah quentin tarantino it's good to know that jughead went on to a good career after uh, after riverdale well he looks like jughead without the crown kind of does he's got the chin he's got the nose but Speaking of like which, did anybody else see the trailer for Riverdale? I did see the trailer for Riverdale. No, what the fuck? So they're Veronica Marsing Archie, I think. Yeah. But well, they even said darker it's... than Veronica Mars. It's like a dark take on Archie. Yeah. yeah I to heard be it fair, was Archie they... meets Twin Peaks. Yeah. To be fair, they've said that from pretty much the yeah. get go. It's well, not. It they're... should have been a surprise, but it was just kind of weird. Maybe they're going to build off the popularity of Afterlife with Archie. Maybe. Maybe? But maybe they're not going to go to that extreme. They're but going, maybe yeah, that's they're why they're going to go. Well, like, maybe that's why they're trying it. Yeah, I don't. They're going murder mystery that. with this show, right? Yeah, and it's Berlanti is show running it too. So oh, man, that guy's got to be stretched thin at this point. So it well, they should just rename the CW the Berlanti <laughs> Channel. <Yeah. laughs> well, I'm sure some of those shows that he started, he may not have as much to do with like Flash and Arrow now. That they've been running, they got their crew, so maybe that's why he can Arrow do it. especially, <laughs> I would imagine, yeah. he's kind of, he's probably a little hands-offish on it by this point. But it's, well, it's a, and, and I just wonder if any of the shows are going to suffer for that eventually. Because that, that's, um, I'm trying to remember, it's, what season of Buffy was running when season one of Angel started? Uh, I want to say five. Is that the college season? Like the first call with Riley? No, that was season four. That's season four? I think. I'm trying to think. Because uh, season crap. five is the one with um, the goddess, and then she dies at the end. Glory. Glory, yeah. yeah. And then Buffy dies at the end, and then season six is when they bring her back. And that was when it switched networks too, right? Yeah, I yeah. think. I could be mistaken. The the thing with that was is like and Joss Whedon has taken, it, it like taken full ownership of that. He's, he's like I could I could have done more with it, but I was busy running Angel, and I think they were starting to work on Firefly at that point too. Oh. So he like Buffy kind of got like oh it's okay, and in I some cases it, it. there was a little bit of miscommunication and um. stuff. And I wonder what he's got in the works. Whedon? Yeah, we haven't heard from him in, since the last Avengers movie, really. Well, he deserves a break. Yeah, but Hopefully he's... Hopefully he's taking a vacation. He's a creative enough guy that I'm sure he's working on something. Well, like, they, even if it's for his own... Well, weren't they working on a Dr. Horrible sing-along, too? Yeah, that's true. He didn't, but there's been not a peep about no. that in quite a while. But because, partially because everybody involved with it is super busy now. Yeah, it's one of those things that. where they just find out, here's a weekend where we're not doing anything. Isn't that how they recorded That's the, how they did it in the first place. Yeah, but just, they also did a, a the whole much, Shakespeare. Much yeah, much yeah. yeah. I, I still have to watch that, too. It's good. It's not as good as the Kenneth Branagh one, but... Well, well it's Kenneth Branagh. There's, like, there's a guy who hasn't done a... He only oh, does mainstream movies so that he can, he can fund those big, elaborate Shakespeare movies. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's doing he's a play He's even running right, out of those, he's, though. He's doing a play in London right now that's being broadcast the National Theatre Live stuff at Cineplex. Um, I've seen the ads for it, so... And all the power to him. I think, I think that's the secret, is to get in something good that you can enjoy... And then use that money to do the stuff that you want to do. Like, oh, yeah. like, that's what well, Chris that's what Evans we all is now do in doing. Life, right? That would be the, that's the ideal. Yeah. Hence this podcast. 
Ooh, look at how I brought that around. Hey. Hey. Um, For future sponsorships, just contact Brent. Yes. Uh, what's our email address again, Kevin? It's truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Yeah, send us money. Yeah, yeah please. Just send, send us or, or free stuff. Or free, free stuff. stuff's always appreciated. Yeah, we'll, we'll set up an address for free shit. <laughs> um, so, uh, one of the things that have been kicking around in my head since uh, we started doing this, because uh, I, I need topic starters in yes. case we, we screw up and think this is a Star Trek episode and it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, wait, before you get to your top, topic starter. Did anybody else see the Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, okay, yeah. Yes. I just showed I Kevin just that watched it. before uh, we started. Oh, I love Baby Groot. <laughs> um, I think I think more than a few plushies will be sold this summer. Yeah. And I will buy a lot of them. <laughs> Between Baby Groot and Drax, <coughs> just in this trailer, they look like they're going to steal the movie. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, I, the thing I liked about the trailer is we still don't know what the hell the movie's really about no. other than what has been announced. Yeah. And it looks like not only are they continuing with, with like having the comedy in it, but it looks like it's going to be the same level. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think they're going to go overboard and like, it's going to be all slapstick and stuff, or at least that's my hope. It just looks like, yeah, it'll be the same, uh, the same as last time, but more and better. And yeah, the only real reveal we got was, uh, Mantis. Yeah. She looks good. I like the design of her. Yeah. and Cause she's all green in the comics, right? With kind of um, like yellow patches over her eyes, or no, is, no, no. no. Uh, so we're going back to the seventies for Mantis, right? Yeah, like the Avengers Defenders War and that kind of stuff. And uh, originally, she was just a Vietnamese girl that had antennae, <laughs> um, and then she evolved, and then I think she became green, as I recall. Mm. Um, but. Um, I don't think they're going that way with this character in this film. I'm not sure what her background is in the movie. I assume she's just going to be an outright alien by the looks of her and the fact that she's already in space. She was the Celestial Madonna. Oh, yeah. There was a storyline where... Wait, Madonna they, the singer or Madonna the mother Madonna of the mother of the savior. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was the 70s. It was trippy. Yeah. And they weren't sure who the... There were two possibilities in the comics, as I recall. There were two possibilities for which character could be the Celestial Madonna because they were ma- fairly major superheroines at the time who were just in recent romantic relationships. It could have either been Mantis or Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. As I recall, I think Steve Englehart wrote this story. Yeah, and and that would did we ever get a resolution to it? It was not the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, and um, Mantis was with Swordsman at the time. Huh, that's a weird pairing. And well, he rescued her from a from a, a POW camp in Vietnam or something, yeah, yeah. and uh, um, uh, or Viet Cong. Thing. And uh, but then he died, and was replaced by a celestial being of some sort. Huh. So, as I recall, it's yeah. been a long time since I've read those yeah, cosmic Avengers stories. The um, the other thing I mentioned to Kevin is it's um, I I have made no secret I'm a big wrestling fan. It's kind of neat to see that. Uh, you know, uh, Batista's acting chops seem to be coming along pretty good, or at least yeah. he's he's really owning Drax and that character well. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And he's he hasn't been disappointing so far. So that movie was just really well cast, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. He, apparently, he had to like audition for it. He didn't just get it. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of curious who else they were considering for it because there's certain parts that like you always think of like, well, the only person that physically fits that description is a pro wrestler and unfortunately most pro wrestlers can't act you get you get a couple here and there the rock being the well yeah i was gonna say my surprising example. pro wrestler um talent of the week was i didn't know the rock could sing and i saw moana last week and he's got the best song in the movie yeah, but I didn't really think he was that great a singer. I, I thought think, he was. I, I thought think, he was good. I think they wrote the song to his singing ability, which is. Fa- I mean, it was a great song. Yeah. It was a great song. I he love that song. He nailed it, though. Yeah, and he did a good job with it. But I think that, I think that that's how it worked. That character was so perfect. Lin Manuel wrote all the songs for that. I thought. most of them. Most of them. And I didn't like them. What's I weird liked is the, I liked the rock song. Yeah. Is he, Lin-Manuel got that job on his own, though, apparently. That was something he tried out for before Hamilton was finished Mm. and on Broadway. Well, he'd already won a Tony for In the Heights. Yeah. So, I mean, he was a known quantity. But apparently he wrote the soundtrack for Moana, the songs for Moana, while he was playing the lead in Hamilton. Yeah. So... And now there's now there's that thing where like he is, uh, I guess, edging towards Guillermo del Toro land of new projects he's involved with because he's supposedly involved with the Mary Poppins sequel that they're he's working on. He's playing Bert in the Mary Poppins sequel. Equal. Is it a sequel or a remake? Sequel. It's Ooh. it's Michael's children. Ah. Yeah. So there's the Mary Poppins remake. There there was two other projects. That there's he a TV says, thing he's doing yeah, too. And, uh, and like a science fiction thing because he's a big nerd apparently mm-hmm. too, right? So and it's... Um, yeah, the rock can sing. The uh, rock can sing. He's uh, in. Um, he was the. Did you ever see Be Cool, the the sequel to Get Shorty? No. He sang in that too a little bit. That was that was actually he was funny in that. He's the he's the only good part of that shitty movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd agree with that. And that's not the wrestling fan. That's just like he plays a uh, a gay bodyguard that wants who, to become a a singer. A, 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 Country music singer, <laughs> or at least he's dressed yeah. up like a cowboy at some point. Well, he sings uh, "Stand by Your Man." Yeah, and that's the, the only part I really remember of the movie. And it's uh, John Travolta's like, maybe you should sing a song meant for a man. <laughs> and that's when it comes out. The Rock's character's gay. Oh, I haven't seen that movie. Uh, and it's it, maybe there's a highlight reel on YouTube of just the Rock's parts because honestly, it was the it, that's one of those ones that like you watch it, especially now you go back and watch it and like that was a cash grab. Oh, because yeah. it was like there are other books with that Chili Palmer character and they were better than what we got instead. So. And we're not allowed to talk about Harry Potter and the Fantastic Beasts because Ryan hasn't seen it. Ryan hasn't seen that yet? I watched it. Oh, you oh, did? did you? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about it then. I loved it. I didn't. Oh, I loved it. I thought, I thought it, was it was fine. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Like, I want to see more. I'm, I'm interested, but I want to see more in the Harry Potter universe exactly. anyway. I think she's great at world building, but I thought as a... And I loved Eddie Redmayne's portrayal of Newt Scamander mm-hmm. but he wasn't vital to the plot he was like Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> you could take him out and it, things would still happen right he just sort of stumbled into the plot he, he 
at least with the Harry Potter movies, you know that Harry is chosen and Harry is it's Harry's on this quest. He just wanted to empty his bag, really, is all Newt wanted to do. What was he, he just wanted to bring the one creature back. Yeah. Well, but he's successful in resolving the plot. Cause I guess. Kind I guess. of. Because if he didn't have the Thunderbird... Well, yeah, yeah but no, he also helped, well, he tried to help talk the kid down with his experience with dealing with the one from Africa. Yeah. So, speaking, so. Of, speaking of which, it I didn't realize till the credits that was Ezra Miller, who's the... Yeah. The dude playing the He's Flash, the Flash. in the yeah. uh, the the Justice League. That was the same same yeah. guy. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I spent the, the whole movie going. He looks familiar. I don't. Oh. And nobody would have known what was the what was wrong if Newt hadn't been there because he's the only one who had ever captured one of those things. But again, it wasn't a, it wasn't a story for him. It was a story that he just happened to fall into. Well, that was my problem with it. The thing is, is that it wasn't based on any book. I mean, it has no. the same title as one of the books, but one of those books that was, like, paper thin. No, but she wrote so, the story. Yeah, I know. But she was trying like to... Like, she wrote the film version, too. Yeah, but it, it was almost like, you know, the, the Cursed Child screen, like, uh, play. Is that she didn't write that, but anyway. It was almost like... I haven't I read know. that yet. She's trying to... I don't know how to how to express my thoughts. She's really good, like you said. She's a good. She's good at world building. Mm-hmm. I find that she's she and George Lucas are in the same boat to me. They're very good at creating. They're not so great at storytelling. Mm. So I, that's how I found with the Harry Potter books too. Mm. Like, <coughs> I love the Harry Potter books. Don't get me wrong, but I found that they could have been better written because she can create this wonderful world and all these wonderful characters and all this mm-hmm. fantastic stuff, but she's not really good at writing it out. Way yeah. to go, Jen. We're not getting J.K. Rowling on the podcast now. Yeah. Wah, wah. I just sent her an email. Yes, we're not getting cast I in one of those her for... five, the, the, the four sequels. Yeah, the so they're, they're all... They're all really how many they're see them all. for it? They said there's going to be five... Five Fantastic five, Beasts movies. Oh, well, not maybe, well, five movies continuing this world, this time period, this story. Maybe not Fantastic Beasts 2, 3... But, you know, man, I hope Betty be Redmayne's in them. I love him. I thought he was brilliant. And uh, he was a hero that we haven't seen before. Yeah. yeah. Introvert hero. Yeah. He so just cute. wanted to be with his animals. He's I really so liked, uh, what's his name? Kapla- Kapowski? Kaplansky? Yeah. No. Uh, what was that? Joe Kapowski. Kowals- the Nomad? Kowalski, yeah. I was getting Kaplansky. The is the deli in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, no, I loved, I really enjoyed his character and the, the, the arc that his character, which wasn't really a lot of of a character development arc, but just the way he was introduced into the world, you know, he found love, mm-hmm. but then, you know, and then, yeah. I really thought he was, they were, how he was going to get out of his mind being, his memory being wiped, oh, spoilers, um, was that he was going to be the, the new zookeeper inside the suitcase. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, I totally expected to be, from him that because it was to be smuggled okay out that in way. Europe to, to, for him to be like, oh, he's my assistant. Yeah, and but yeah, there's lots of things okay in Europe that aren't okay in in America. Like the fact that house elf slavery still exists in modern times in Harry Potter. Yeah. And then like everybody's okay with it. But apparently in uh, North America, it's a little bit more enlightened. Speaking well, we of which. we don't know that though. Um, another slight spoiler. The, uh, the mobsterish <laughs> house elf uh, played by Ron, Ron Perlman. I laughed. I well, laughed. first he, 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 the character showed up on this. No, you didn't see him. You heard him. And Prent went, is that? And then you saw him and he went, it is. 
Because they, they animated him to yeah. look like House yeah. Elf on Broman. I don't think he's a House, he's a house, house Elf. I think he's a no, Goblin. I think he's a Goblin. Oh, yeah. yeah, they said he was a oh. Goblin. The fingers were creepy. The fingers that bent backwards, those creeped me out. But uh, not a, I, I liked it because it was... Um, that's number two for Jen. Number two for Jen, except that's a different phone, so is that double points? Um, I think I liked it because the, the American system of magic had more rules that made more sense to me. Well, that's because we're American. Well, we're North American. I guess. It's, it's a culture thing, I think. But on, on a whole, and like I've seen much, much worse. Oh, I'm not saying it was a bad In movie. In fact, I think I, I think I definitely liked it more than The Half-Blood Prince, which was a terrible film. Hmm. Uh, it's, it, I was so bored during that movie. Uh, and when they go for that one Horcrux where it looks like they're in the Fortress of Solitude from Superman... <laughs> I was like, I, that's going to who, who that's going to be who defeats Voldemort. It's going to be Superman flying <laughs> in and punching him in the face. I just can't wait to see what, what Universal does with the property at their theme parks. Like maybe a, a, a Thunderbird encounter attraction, or a, I want them to sell the toys of the of all of his animals. Well, there is a there is in Diagon Alley a a menagerie where you can go in and buy. Oh, cool. Um, all kinds of... I already brought, budgeted for a pygmy puff. <laughs> We're going in January. I like the little green stick guy that was right in his pocket. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bow truckle. Bow truckle. He was so cute. So it was fun. I liked, I liked the characters in the movie. I just didn't think that the plot was great. It, it was very loose. And it was a setup movie, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh we've released so. a big bad. So. Yeah. Um, do we say who plays the big bad? I think it's okay. pretty much public knowledge by now. By the time I, this you know what? Released, I didn't know it until I hit the theater. I had heard it. I had heard it before I I didn't realize in. it was going to be that guy was just, you know, was. Yeah. Like I knew he was in it and I knew. Okay. Well, I'll okay. Do the spoilers. Spoiler. Yeah. It's Johnny Depp is in the movie. I'm just worried that Johnny Depp is going to Johnny Depp the heck out of that character next, and it's going to be time. awful. And that's a character that was established in the Harry Potter books. Yeah, so that's um, okay. well in the lore. Yeah, yeah. He he well, and Albus Dumbledore were buddies in uh, uh, Hogwarts. Real close buddies, not yeah. in Hogwarts. Yeah. After. No. I thought yeah. he got chucked out, and that's when yeah. they met or something. No, as yeah. far as I understand, they were buddies in Hogwarts when they were both in school, and they both agreed. Um, they had. Uh, they both agreed. It's kind of like the Xavier Magneto relationship. Okay. They both want the same outlook, but they have different ways of getting right. to it. So Dumbledore wanted to, uh, you know, keep magical society as it is and kind of in the shadows of the of the nomad world. And um, I always want to say that his name is Griswold from it's, National Lampoon. It's but Grimmelwald, isn't it? Yeah, Grimmelwald or something like that. Well, wasn't anyway. it insinuated they also had a closer relationship? I'm not sure if that was the person, but yeah, it was insignificant. That was, yeah. yeah. It's that, so it's that so person, what happens he was... He ended up... He had the Elder Wand. Yeah, so Griswold or Grimwald or whatever his name is, um, he wanted to have... He wanted this, the Wizarding World to rule over the non-magical world. So that's right. how they right. separated. So then Dumbledore went on, I guess, to be Hogwarts professor and Griswold went on to be evil magician. And then they end up having a massive battle, right? Um, which is... I guess is where the Elderwald wand comes into it, right? And that's how. So that's what these movies are 
building towards. That. I think so. Yeah. So, question for the panel then: Who do you want to see play a younger Dumbledore? The uh, the suggestion has been made, and to be honest, I think it would be kind of nice that Jared Harris, who is uh, Richard Harris, Richard Harris's son, mm. play him. And he's a very fine. The only thing is, is he's a very good actor in his own right. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, have you seen The Crown? Oh, the new Netflix series. Yeah, yeah. Um, he played what? He played the king who Queen Elizabeth's dad. Oh, who who the uh, yeah the died. king's speech. He was in. Oh. He was in Fringe. He, he's one of those guys. He's been a character actor for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was awesome in Fringe. Uh, the the first season and second season, I think he he shows up in. Um, the only thing is, is like I don't know if he would do it because then you're stepping into your dad's shadow to a certain extent and he's built a career basically away from yeah his father you know so I don't know but he, well they'd have he, to make it, him up because he did you know even dumbledore when we see him in the harry potter movies which is only what 50 years before yeah like because didn't they make it some comment about how old he was in the potter movies and he was like hundreds of years old yeah oh uh, i don't know that Jen, I don't remember. Yeah, but uh, that could be something. He was, he was old in the forget. Potter. In the Potter. Well, Jared Harris, so. I, I, if I were to guess, is in his fifties. It depends like, on how. Not, yeah, it depends on how young Dumbledore young. is when all this goes down, because yeah. they yeah. may need um, an old Dumbledore. Beyond that, I don't know. If you're going younger than him, who do you get? That's a. Well, a, I you, think the you, obvious you, choice is. For for a young guy to replace an aging wizard is Ewan McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, it wouldn't that. be bad. I'm not sure he would do it. It depends if uh, how many motorcycle trips he needs to find. <laughs> um, or, although or whether or not Disney signed him up for that uh, that, that Obi Wan Kenobi maybe trilogy rock, we've never gotten. Maybe The Rock could play him. The Rock. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> now, I would watch that. The, uh, I, you know what? He should be in charge of the uh, North American School of Magic. Shouldn't be Dumbledore, but I really want him as one of the the maybe in the like you said the teachers of the American School of Magic. And I just want him to see see a scene where he cocks that eyebrow and then hits somebody with a spell with a wand. <laughs> yes. And maybe the spell is called "smacketh down" in one word. Or he's in the kitchen. He's, like he's making. He's like uh, you know. He's in the kitchen, and then he's like, somebody comes in, and says, "Oh, I can smell what you're cooking." No, that's when that movie jumps the shark. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, but come on, that. that would full, totally fit in one of those movies. Um, yeah, that, uh, that's a really good question, Kevin. I don't know. Maybe you get. I mean, maybe that's act- another one where you just go. You go into the British Academy of Actors and you just pull somebody know, out who, yeah, who who does a good job and can kind of look the part. Because every other British actor's already been in a Harry Potter movie. Pretty much. That was that. Well, it was uh, uh, what's his face, Kenneth Branagh's uh, money movie to make whatever Shakespeare movie what he made next. Peter Capaldi. You know what? You put a beard on him. I was maybe. Say, Matt, I was here with the Duff and Doctor. And they, well, what about Matt Smith? Yeah. Gonna go, yeah. If you go yeah. younger, like even younger, yeah. Oh yeah, they'll definitely mind the. <coughs> I. It, what's the over under on one of the doctors showing up in the next movie? If if it goes back to England, it, I have a feeling that we're going to be staying in America. Yeah. Do we? Well, do we ever get a? In theory, do we get a? Uh, oh no, I guess because it would be before Voldemort, right? Yeah, yeah, Voldemort. So, 
Harry and his friends are the '90s, right? Like they joined, yeah. they ended entered Hogwarts in the yeah. '90s. So his parents are like from the late '70s, early '80s would have been when they were in Voldemort's. No, no, no. Uh, Harry's. James and oh yeah, Lily. Yeah, Which would make sense because yeah. if, so, if he waited in the '90s, he would have been what was this like? What you go in when you're ten? Was it or yeah, yeah. eleven? Yeah, yeah. So even if it was like ninety, ninety-one. So so yeah, James would have been Lily would have been born when we were born, type thing, right? In the, yeah, yeah. yeah. so his parents would have been in Hogwarts. Like and, I think like Harry Potter the, was 70s. born in eighty, either eighty or eighty-three. So, and where does Voldemort fall into this timeline? Didn't he go to? He went to. He was at school at the same time as Hagrid. Yeah, as Hagrid. So that's another generation before that. So you're looking. So Voldemort at was before. Uh, before Harry's parents. James and Lily and yeah. Snape. Yeah. So you're looking at. Yeah, you wouldn't really fit. So the you're looking at the Vo- Voldemort and Maybe Hagrid by, being there in the '60s. Yeah, as you say, depending on how long these movies. What the time span yeah, is that they're maybe putting by them the in. end we could see maybe that's how they end the fifth book, the fifth movie with Dumbledore going back to be a teacher and you see this Tom Riddle coming into school. Yeah. And there you, know, you go. There's uh, your ending of your fifth movie. There was uh, there was my check a reference mail. to Newt's Commander in the Harry Potter movies. That's too. because Harry Potter Newt's Commander wrote the book. No, there's another one. Oh, is there? Newt's commander's name is on the Marauders map when Harry and the gang look at it to 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 you I know. S- you know what? I saw that because I was following it. So that means Newt was in Hogwarts, or his ghost was. Did the ghost show up on the map? I don't know. Well, I think so. Magic. Well, then. <laughs> or there's, there's somebody those, else. Those two. F- the, uh, you, it's Newt Junior. Trying to get this out, I'm stuck up. My tongue's Sorry. all tied. No, 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 I'm tripping over my own words, not you. Uh, if you watch in the one scene when they pull the map out, in the one corner where it looks like it's like in a broom closet, <laughs> and there's two pairs, there's a, two pairs of feet facing each other. <laughs> so it's like somebody's off making out somewhere in the. And that is basically the basis of the RPG that Brent and I are playing with friends of ours. <laughs> yeah, a friend of where ours. Where we is... ruin hair, we ruin Hogwarts. Oh, fun! Yeah, it's a it's. We discovered the underground magic fight club at Hogwarts. Oh, and uh, I have because my my character is a uh, uh, Canadian. He's a Canadian exchange student. He is taking the Hermione route of uh, teaching the. Uh, the other uh, wizards that had to take a punch because it's like uh, it depends on my roles. Like spells not working, spells not working. I'll punch him in the face, Dan. <laughs> I punched like a twelve-year-old girl in the face oh. the last game. <laughs> well, your character is only a twelve-year-old boy, though, right? Yeah, or uh, a little bit older. We're fourth year. Uh, yeah, I we're think. In, we're fourth year, so so that would make you fifteen. Yeah, early teens. Yeah. Anyway, it's been that's a fun funny. game. It's uh, a really fun game. So, do uh, for the the last topic because surprisingly we filled up this uh, this hour pretty good. Well, that was the whole point of us doing this podcast is that we sit around and talk about this stuff anyway. Anyways. Might as well do it with microphones in front of us instead yeah. of chicken wings. That instead way, of we'll, chicken we'll, wings, we'll lose a little bit of weight. <laughs> um, one of the ideas that I've had in my back pocket for a while because for some reason I got thinking about it at work or something was um, the fictional universes that we, we all enjoy. Um, we all see them with like people who basically have powers of some sort or are special, but you never really think about the normal schmoes who live in those universes. Mm. 
So uh, the question I pose to you is, what is the worst fictional universe to, to live in as a normal person? And like nerdy fictional universe. And what may be the best? Does anybody want to go first? Hmm. I, I have one for the worst. Okay. Go for it. Go ahead. Hunger Games. Yeah, that's not a good Yeah, one. that's not a good universe. Yep. Nope. yep. That would be the worst one because... Well, I guess unless you're in the capital district, or if you're before that takes place, like when? Well, the what's, the, is, what's the timeline? Like when does when does civilization close? Well, they never really basically say. what what the no, they don't really give a timeline. But no. basically, the, I think what the gist is is that there's a nuclear apocalypse, uh, the world is destroyed, um, except for, and then it's rebuilt into these twelve districts. Yeah, thirteen districts. No. Well, there was thirteen. There was thirteen. But then they, they, they thirteen rebelled, rebelled and got nuked again. So, <laughs> that keeps the other ones in line. Mm. Don't want to live there. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, my thought for uh, worst, and this is only based on the first season of the TV show, because that's all it's aired so far, is The Expanse. Oh, yeah. Um, if, great show. It, oh, it's a great, great show. show. But if you had to live in one of those mining colonies in the asteroid belt, and there was no way to leave... Uh, and you're just people on top of people, and there's no fresh air, and water is the most precious resource. Um, yeah, I don't think I would want to live in the Expanse universe. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I don't know where that show's going. I can't wait for that show to come back. Mm. I could go ahead and read the books, but I'm late. Oh, they're based on books? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. Leviathan Wakes by uh, uh, James S.A. Corey, which is actually two guys who write together. There's a series of four uh, four or five books. Have you checked to see if the library has it? The library has it. There I have go. started reading it several times, but I'm like, I could just wait until the show comes back. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes you don't want to be, like, that's what happened to all my friends when Lord of the Rings came out. They, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, we all went and saw it, because we had all read the books, but it had been years, right? Yeah. So, and then... Well, after that movie, they all went back and reread the books. So the second movie was like, oh, it didn't have this in it. Yeah. You know what? Whereas <laughs> I, like, I didn't fall into that trap. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm just going to watch the movies. And then after they're all done, then I'll read them. I yeah. did the same thing because I had received the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings for my 11th or 12th birthday. And I read the Hobbit and I enjoyed it. And I read, I think, the first maybe book and a half of the trilogy. And I mean, I was 12. I didn't really get into it. It was a little too verbose for me at the time. So then it would just sat on my bookshelf for years and years and years. Then when the movies came out, I thought I almost did the same thing. I'm always like, oh, well, I should read the books. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to enjoy the movies because mm -hmm. I always read the book and the movie is never as good. And then I d I'm disappointed with the movie. Yeah. So, so The Expanse um, has... Five novels, wow! Two prequel short stories, one prequel novella, one novella set between uh, between books two and three, and four more novels are planned as also as well as two more novellas. Now, is it a series that's still okay? Yeah, because you, you said there's more planned. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was published in uh, 2011. The new book is called. Persepolis Rising, and it comes out next year. Wow. So it's Leviathan Wakes, Caliban's War, Abaddon's Gate, Cibola Burn, Nemesis Games, Babylon's Ashes, and Persepolis Rising. The TV series, I think, is the first half of the first book. Like the first season is the first half. Yeah. So they, Check they, out your in, local library for those books. In in theory, you can probably get like eight seasons out of that then. Maybe more. Especially when they've only been doing, uh, yeah. they did, what, eight? Was it eight episodes? I, was it eight or ten? 
It was a small order. I don't yeah. know what the next season is, though. No, I, don't I don't know, know. if it's doing a full order. I think order. it's the same. Uh, let me... So... Uh, Can you go ahead? Yeah. I'm still my, thinking. My worst one, I mean being really specific... To me, the worst fictional place you can live is the fictional version of New York in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, that's not Specifically, if you are a New Yorker in the Marvel Universe, the chances of you living beyond the age of 20 are very slim. It'll be Galactus knocking a building on your head. It'll be some explosion. It'll be a stray billy club from Daredevil. Who knows? The pumpkin bomb from the pumpkin bomb. You, never know. Like that. you might get eaten by a by a spider symbiote. You know, carnage could come by. The only or good... just the traffic accidents when all that oh, stuff yeah. goes down. You well, probably like die insurance in... rates. Yeah, you'll probably oh. die in a car accident when a bridge collapses under you, or the car in front of you stops because there's a monster in the road, or the the Hulk collapses hands and sends a shock wave and blows out every window in window in your office building. The only bright sides to uh, to Marvel's New York would be <coughs> unlike real New York. I imagine rent's actually fairly cheap. <laughs> like, like nobody wants to, wants to live there unless you have to. Okay. Well, <laughs> we've rebuilt this building three times in the past year. Past six months. Yeah. <laughs> On the, the other side, I think you're really safe if you live in Marvel's version of Kansas. Like uh, middle state. Right. Like middle like, America. Like the ones we Marvel, never nothing, ever nothing read ever. about. Because even in the DC universe, Smallville is a bit of a hub. Yeah. So, so you don't want to live in DC's Kansas, but yeah. Marvel's Kansas. Well, and then depending on which version of DC, sometimes Metropolis is like just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Smallville. So it's, yeah. you know, like in, well, in Smallville. Well, it's just across the harbor from Gotham. Yeah, exactly. Your turn, Ryan. Oh, my What turn. you got? Oh, I'm trying to think of a, a positive one now. Yeah. Well, but you think of the negative one first. Well, the first one I can think of going back uh, in the Invincible comics. That whole world, there's been so many <coughs> alien invasions. Yeah. Uh, giant dinosaurs blowing up, you know, turning Las Vegas to glass. Like just destroying all of Vegas. Yeah. I hate uh, it when that happens. Flooding... Same with well, I guess the same. Do they use real cities in Invincible, or are they made up ones like the the DC mix. universe? Because you have Vegas, yeah, um, and and New York, and then there's other like I don't know what city he lives in. I don't know if it's actually if it's a made up. I think it might be a made up one. But yeah, you got both, and yeah, there's been worldwide things, that, and that's been one of those books too. There's been no retconning. It's just been continuous one continuity that is coming to an end yeah so it's like you know yeah they've you know they, they end up turning the, the the flattened las vegas glass thing into one giant solar farm that was able to power all of the united states okay, oh, okay. so there is some which good is why the, the dinosaur guy wanted to fly he thought he was doing a good you know his whole thing was you know you gotta hurt a few to help the many so it's like oh you know we gotta call part of the human race so that otherwise we'll have you no know, no food and no space, and so I say. Oh, he planted these bombs in the city as a distraction, and then blew up like part of the Arctic Shelf, mm. which then made a giant, you know, a tidal wave yeah, and flooded. Flood. And whoops, yeah. Jeez. Okay. I think that off the top of my head, you know, yeah, that that's pretty be my, bad. That'd be a bad one to be a regular person living. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Trump's not president though, so not in that yeah, verse, no. Yeah, <laughs> 
little bit of a um, best suggestions. Anybody got one? I I have two. Okay, go ahead. So, my first uh, experience with fantasy was the Xanth series by mm-hmm. Piers Anthony, and yeah. I think I wouldn't mind living there. Mostly because every single citizen of Xanth is born with a magical ability. Right. And I mean, your ability could be turning your fingernails multiple colors or, you know, something not necessarily a, a huge magical power. You're a but, big fan of pun-based magic. And I love puns. So I think Xanth would be an awesome place. And also, if you don't like your magical ability, you just cross the border into Mundania and then you're in our regular world and you live na- like you do now. Mundania. That's what they called it. I know. (laughs) But I always wanted to have magical power, so I think it would be awesome to live in in Xanth. So that's my answer. Kevin, you got one? Well, I think uh, it seems too obvious, but the Star Trek universe, there's there's no money, so you don't need to have a job. As long as you've got a replicator, you've got food and clothes and everything that you ever wanted. You've got supercomputers that can give you any kind of entertainment you want. Holodecks That's true. That's that can true. recreate anything. Uh, not holodecks. <laughs> Nothing no good has ever come from a holodeck. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, only that that's only true on Star Starships. Well, to, yeah, we've, we've that's never true. Seen we've never seen what the holodecks look like. A planet-based um, holodeck. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the odd Borg invasion, but there's a few and far but between. most regular people living on Earth yeah. weren't affected by that. No. no. And they got stuck before they showed up, so... No. You have the option of living on a number of bajillion planets. Are, so, yeah, exactly. Good, good exactly. That's you, a good or idea. a starship. Yeah. Or a space and station? No, you don't want to be a star on a starship. We 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 find out what happens to those people. See, I don't think I would do so well. I guess I would do okay in the Star Trek universe, but they need librarians. I like art and history and that kind of stuff. And it seems to me that if you live in the Star Trek universe, you need to be very technologically savvy. No, no, no. no, no. And I would be like, my replicator no. is broken. That you call somebody to you fix call it. Call IT support. Yeah, I got people. I definitely for that. wouldn't be on a starship. No, but but you would you just call push Jordy. the button. Jordy, Jordy, my buttons don't work. You, you gotta you push a button and you can have anything you want. Like I don't know why more people aren't fat and lazy on Star Trek. To be honest, like, and why would you own a business like a and restaurant? Like, why own a restaurant when you could just make shrimp gumbo small, at home? If you're on a, especially if you're on a Federation planet, yeah, people aren't fat and lazy because they're all sober. Yeah. <laughs> they only have synthol. Now the other thing I will I will also mention about that is anytime you see Earth in Star Trek, it's usually San Francisco, but it never rains. Hmm. Have you ever they seen have weather Earth? control? Now. Uh, yeah, well, they mentioned uh, that that they do have weather control because isn't oh, that? Oh, do they? Yeah, because in the one episode where it, Q comes to the Enterprise well, and, to, and picks up that girl, and they found out that her parents were killed in a freak tornado. Yeah. Because the weather Trek thing, and it was his fault. Yeah. Remember in Star Trek IV yeah. when they brought the whales? Yeah. The, yeah. the the probe thing destroyed the weather control. And yeah, rain, you're right, you're right. So, yeah, perfect weather. I, Earth is a lovely planet to I live on. I think I would be bored. You could grow grapes. With like the world's Picard's biggest brother. library, you can explore the world and, you know, you not have to, to worry about where your next paycheck comes their from. their libraries. <laughs> and think about it this way. You know how much fun you have knitting a sweater for somebody? Add eight more arms. 
There you go. Oh, Unless you don't like doing like, the arms. Yeah, why, yeah. why would anyone want to join Starfleet where they get ordered around by other people? Yeah. Well, well you can just stay at home. If you want to, well, yeah, but if you're one of those people that doesn't want to stay at home uh, some and you want like to explore stru- and maybe fight aliens. Some then. people like yeah. structure in their lives. And apparently why, why? if you could just sit there and replicate whatever you want, no structure. Yeah. So I would be one of those people. <laughs> Ryan? You got it. You one? go first. I didn't still. Didn't. <coughs> you should have emailed me this this afternoon. Yeah, I, well, I didn't. Oh, well, I didn't realize until six o'clock that w- it wasn't a Deep Space Nine episode. Well, you should have emailed um, me at six oh one. I don't know. It's pretty like none of the comic universes are. Well, no, that's the same thing. Wanna so you don't want to live in Marvel. You don't want to live in DC because you know any. Anytime yeah, well, you know, any, somebody's going to show up with an Infinity Gauntlet and boom, you don't exist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, same with DC. Is yeah. Just when you start getting on the right track in your career path, you have to restart it all over again. You what, don't remember why. Uh, what if What if you Continuity were? Uh, set. What if you were like middle management at the Ministry of Magic? Like, yeah, that might not be bad. You know, no, but yeah. no, no. See, if you were normal everyday people, aren't working in the Ministry of Magic. The whole question was so. Okay. Everyday regular people so, in the fictional universe. There are, so you would just be living in a world. Except magic is happening, but you don't know because you're an everyday person. You could be an everyday... There are everyday wizards in the Harry Potter universe. like. But they're not everyday regular people. They they're are re- to everyday them. wizards. Nah, well, that's a... I'm yeah. just being... Yes, I don't know. Well, maybe maybe a regular person in, in Ranma one half. And nothing really happens hmm. to you there other than... Your school occasionally gets blown up by two stupid fight people fighting and stuff like that, but you <laughs> usually get away scot free. There's a very good chance that the pet that you have could be a person. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> oh, you've never seen it, have you, Ryan? Uh, that's a, that's one we should watch a couple episodes oh, one Ryan, of these days. We have so much we need to show you. Well, to be fair, know. we're like that. We didn't. Watch it until know. we manage to make it to a blockbuster new market. I think so. I only know the premise of that show. I don't think I've seen it. That's there's a magic fountain, right? And well, no, it's they the, they train in this this area on like bamboo shafts, like in other yeah, kung yeah. fu movies. But all the pools are cursed below. The pool. I knew there was something you, with magic when, water. Yeah, yeah. When you, you fall into it's lake it. of drowned whatever. So you you become whatever the last person to touch the water was. Yeah. When, when cold wet. water is dumped on you. Yeah. When hot water is dumped on you, you get changed back. Oh. Okay. So the main character turns into a girl. His he dad falls into turns the lake into of a panda. Girl. Yeah. Ryuga Ray, cha- changes into a pig. Yoga. Rayoga. I don't know what that was. Nope. It's the fridge making noise. It's our. It's, oh, it might be the ice that I put it's in. It's that thing in the fridge trying to get out. Yeah. <laughs> he thought it was frozen. Yeah. Uh, do you have one, Ryan? I know I didn't really answer it, but. You came up with the question. I know. <laughs> as you say, you didn't give us a good one. You uh, why, why is you do as I say, not as I do. I have another anime one. World. Okay, go for it. I'm still thinking. So. See, now this one is is a little bit of different because it wouldn't be a, you wouldn't be a regular person. You'd be a pony. I would totally live in my little pony world. Nothing terribly horrible happens in it. So. Well, no, lots of terrible horrible stuff happens, but you have magical alicorn princesses that fix it every single time. Mm. Anything bad happens, it gets reset. It's oh, like you know what? Magic be bad? fixes it. I really like magic. Normal apparently. people in the myth universe. In the myth in, one? In, yeah, in the Robert Aspirin myth books. Oh, myth and person. If you're a normal person. You'd have to be able to jump dimensions. Otherwise, yeah. it's what? just you're stuck in what your world. What if we all lived in Riverdale? 
with yeah. Archie and Jughead and like old school Riverdale. Yeah, yeah nothing, nothing bad happened. No, there, no, you, know. and have you some can fun, eat wacky a adventures. million hamburgers and still without be a, getting fat. Be yeah. Yep, I'd be friends with Jughead. I always wonder when I was a kid. I always wondered why his hamburgers had to be different than ours. Cause he's scarfing them down like little sandwiches, and I'm like, I, and like I was like, I can eat like two. <laughs> it's like he gets like a platter, it's, and he like says, you know, one hell of a metabolism. There you go. Okay, so to end off this episode, oh, wait, Ryan didn't do his. Yeah, I can't oh, think right. of a good one. Every, uh, there's a lot of universes I'd love to live in, but you know, yeah, chances of getting blown up by somebody is. Pretty close, you know. Yeah, live in Star Wars. You know, if you're a regular person in Star Wars, well, you're either oppressed by the Empire. Yeah. You know, or you're part of the Republic, and then you get blown up by the uh, the New Order. So, yeah. you know, it's sort of like, eh. Uh, you're, uh, you're a regular everyday Transformer. Well, chances are someone's going to come along and rip your arm off. Yeah. Uh, if you're a regular everyday Transformer? Well, if you're in the Transformer universe, yeah. <laughs> either that or you're just a regular person, and you're going to get stepped on. You could be a Smurf. Oh no! Yeah. You don't want to be but you're a gonna smurf. get eaten by Gargamel. And you're communist. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Because uh, yeah, even in the regular, like we said before, the comic book universes, everyday people, chances are a building's gonna fall on you. You know what I was thinking of is like, well, the other thing is there's a chance that you get superpowers out of it. But then I like, did you read? Uh, I think it's called the world's worst X Men. Was a mini yes, series that just had, came out. Yes. Okay, so the plot. I, I read of like it, the first issue. So the plot of it, it's uh, I can't remember who wrote it, but it's a Canadian guy, <coughs> Michael Walsh drew it, and the plot of it is is this kid, his parents tell him, uh, just warn him that he's a mutant. He's got the genes, and he's like, oh sweet, I'm going to be one of the X Men, and his <laughs> parents are killed somehow. So he gets, a, you know, brought into the Xavier Institute, and Beast does tests on him and stuff. I think it's Beast. Yeah. And he's like, well, you're definitely a mutant. Oh, cool. Your power is you can explode. And he's like, that is awesome. I can blow things up. No, 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 no. You can explode. Once. Once. Because <laughs> so it will is, kill you. He has the worst... X-Men power on the planet and I think I really like it because um, not to toot my own horn I pitched a very similar idea to Marvel in the early 2000s and and I know for a fact it didn't get stolen it's just just great minds think alike and it's coincidental but it's like that same wavelength of because mine uh, my mutant made grass grow that's all he could do he could make grass grow really high that's it. Couldn't control it. Just make it grow. Well, that could be handy. Like, make if you could make it really tall. You know, slow your enemies down. You could have. Yeah. You could have a super super popular lawn cutting service, because people would be like, "I don't need you to cut my lawn." And then they look outside, and it's like five feet tall, and they're like, "Holy crap!" And you'll be like, "Yeah, the price just went up." That's kind of blackmail, isn't it? That's, and- a, that's a racketeering. Yes. Yeah. Have I mentioned in our Harry Potter RPG that we're all in Slytherin and uh, basically that's what we do? <laughs> so we shake down the other students. <laughs> we ruined Hogwarts. It's awesome. Uh, no, you didn't mention right. that, but it makes too much sense. Yeah. <laughs> 
So we come to the end of the episode, and as every episode, we have geek picks of the week. Anybody want to go first? I'll go first. I actually okay. have one. I wrote Ooh. it down. Ooh, oh, so, and it fits in with our theme of the night for universes. I wanted to talk. I actually picked up and was reading the IDW Revolution comic series, where they've brought in uh, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Micronauts, Mask, okay. Rom the Space Knight, uh, all into one comic book. All the Hasbro book. properties. Exactly. All the Hasbro toys are now under one comic book universe. So they all, like, G.I. Uh, Mask is kind of an offshoot of G.I. Joe. Uh, G.I. Joe has kind of replaced the, in the Transformer books, is replacing the, like, the Earth Defense Force. Yeah. Uh, because well, in the IDW run of Transformers, Transformers showed up on Earth and kind of, you know, Megatron took over. That's one of the reasons why you wouldn't want to live on Earth in the Transformer universe. You'll get stepped on. Um, Rom the Space Knight just showed up and started shooting. He, well, he, he, he showed up and shot Joe Colton, which turned out to be not the real Joe Colton that started G.I. Joe, but an alien that Rom the Space Knight hunts that is a shapeshifter and had replaced him. And was trying to, you know, start this war with, you know, make everybody fight each other. In the end, of course, they find the common enemy and they all team up. Mm, of course. So, it's just kind of cool. Like, I've really enjoyed the IDW Transformer books and their ongoing uh, continuity that, that they've had. So, it's nice to see that they've brought the other books in to that world without resetting the book that I've been reading for years. They've reset the other books instead. Because mm. uh, like, G.I. Joe's had a few hit or miss restarts. Um, so maybe this will be better for it being part of this larger universe that they can play off of. And then there's been a while since there's been a Rom the Space Knight or Micronauts or a Mask book, like comic book. Yeah. So I haven't read any of those other ones other than this IDW Revolution miniseries. But they're out there and they're, they'll be popping into my Transformer comics. So... Mask always makes me think of that robot chicken. Yes. They're really more helmets. I think somebody just really wanted our name to spell mask. <laughs> Kevin, you got one? Uh, I just started re-watching Young Justice. Um, it's My pick a, from, what, two episodes ago? It's yeah. such a good show. But it's a good show. It, it, it's it's such it a is. Like I said, it's great. Um, yeah, it's it just... The, the storytelling on that show is amazing. It, right from the very first episode, you know who the characters are. You know, you can. there's some really good plot set up and the tension between the older heroes and the younger heroes. So so well set up. And uh, I'm only three episodes in. I, I don't know if I'm going to rewatch the whole series, but I was just in the mood for it the other day, and that's what I watched. Uh, the other thing I'll mention is um, tonight as we're recording this, there is a live uh, live uh, feed on the Disney Parks blog tonight where they're going to turn Spaceship Earth at Epcot into the Death Star. They are having a Rogue One event at Epcot tonight. Oh, nice. So at 10.20 this evening, you can watch a live stream of them turning Spaceship Earth into the Death Star. Hopefully by the time this airs, you can find that clip on YouTube. It will be on YouTube yeah. on the Disney Park blog channel. Jen, I think we know what your first one is. Oh, and I also read Squirrel Girl this week. Yay! <laughs> the what? first trade, or... Uh... It's an issue I found. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just found it under a tree. 
under a tree, not on by squirrels. So, Jen, what are what are your geeky picks this week? Well, as always, Squirrel Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, I recommend the book that I happen to be reading, but the last book I read, eh, I didn't enjoy it all that much, so I'm not recommending it. Okay. Um, so I think I'm going to recommend Moana. Everybody should go see Moana. I like Moana. At the very least, for The Rock and The Chicken. Who was played by Alan Tudyk. Yes. The chicken So as is Alan awesome. Tudyk, he is now officially their John Ratzenberger, right? Yes. Alan Tudyk has been in every Disney uh, animated film since Like Wreck-It the CG Ralph. animated yeah. department. I think Wreck-It Ralph was his first one. No, no. He was in... Uh, isn't he... Was he yeah, entangled? He's, he's in... You're the one sitting in front of the yeah, internet. Yeah, give me a second. I'm pretty sure he's in. So Dangled. anyway, hopefully by the time this airs, Moana is available on DVD or Blu-ray, or will be soon, so everybody should rent it, buy it, whatever. It was nice to see a Disney quote-unquote princess movie where the, where the main plot wasn't a love story. Yes, there was pretty no much no story. romance in that no whole... No romance. It's an adventure story. Yeah. So I went and saw it with uh, my friend Tracy. And uh, one of the the villains, I suppose, in that movie is this monster. They go to the realm of monsters, and it's this big crab, Mm -hmm. I think he is, with a shiny, shiny shiny shell. And he sings a song about being shiny. And the whole time I'm watching that, I'm looking over at Tracy, and I'm like, it's about you. (laughs) And she has since downloaded the song. (laughs) That was um, one of the, um, uh, oh, who are those New Zealand guys that had the... Show on HBO. Concords. Fight the uh, Concords. Oh, yeah. It, it was just, it was great. It was funny. Uh, it was still, it, like you said, it wasn't a love story. Um, I know they were going for the strong female characters, so she technically was a princess um, because she's the chief's daughter. I love that they kept making the joke that she yeah. was not a princess. She kept saying, I'm not a princess. It's chief's daughter, same thing. Um, and it was it was about friendship, and it's about finding your courage and finding your strength, and and... And following your heart. And I thought that that was very, very sweet. It was an adorable movie. And the chicken was fantastic. It was very funny. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, the hey. His name is Hey, hey. <laughs> and you are correct. It is Wreck-It Ralph Wreck-It was Ralph. his first he was Disney. The, he was the candy king. Yeah, but it's uh, Wreck-It Ralph followed by... He was in Young Justice. I didn't know that. He was uh, Green Arrow's voice. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, he's part of that group of people that... What's her face? The... Um, uh, uh, Andrea, uh, oh, what's her last name? Romano. Romano. That she she has like this big, huge Rolodex of actors, but there's certain people pop up a fair amount. He, it, the Firefly cast on a whole, seems to be like that. That's why they're all in Justice League and various characters and stuff like that, and like in the, the Justice League Unlimited and. And why Henry Rollins shows up a lot, because apparently she likes Henry, so he's background <laughs> guys in a fair amount of things. But They're all in con men? Yeah, We're that's con the man. other thing. Is that's, it. that's the Rolodex he used to get them all in con man, which is a, a great little uh, web series that everybody yeah, should watch. Uh, oh, it, it's good. Um, my pick is kind of inspired by the Riverdale uh, teaser or trailer that we saw. It is the um, the comic book criminal. It's the last major story arc they did called Last of the Innocent, where it's kind of a take on Archie. Oh. Where um, basically uh, the Archie-like character, it's not specifically Archie, yeah. but the Archie-like character had ended up with Veronica 
and she's the cold bitch that you kind of think she is in the comic, and she's screwing around with Reggie behind Archie's back. Of she is. So um, he uses a Jughead to murder Veronica because Jughead's a, a junkie in it, and moves ah. it. The Moose character is the head of the police department, and he ends sense. up hooking up with Betty, and it's just really well written. It's uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Ed Brubaker is. Comic wise, he can do very little wrong, and apparently, I haven't started watching it yet. But apparently, TV wise, he can do little wrong because he's like the the head honcho on uh, Westworld. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's Westworld's one. Of, he's so one of the the head writers on it, or I think he might be the showrunner too. I'm not exactly. I certain, haven't watched but, the finale yet, but but it, it's gotten a lot awesome. of good praise. I was kind of waiting for it to finish, and then because we've got so many other shows on the go. Yeah. Now, you read. The Archie books, Life with Archie. Yeah, so that's oh, why I looked. Exactly, yeah. the, the, I just read the the one where he got shot. Oh, yeah. Well, I, the I, at the beginning yeah. of the Life with Archie, where it was two different universes, yeah. is that not very similar to this? Like, <clears throat> yeah, it's played a little bit lighter than that. Yeah, uh, there wasn't any murders that I recall, but uh, oh, this is very dark. Yeah. Like it's which makes sense for criminal, but I mean, it's, yeah. this is, when you, as you were talking, I thought because I yeah. remember back when you were reading it and and you were coming because that was the only book you were buying. Oh, I was so and excited. We were running about that. into each other, and you're just like, "Oh my god, this book is so good! This is so great! I love this book!" And so you tell us about <laughs> it. Because well, this is ridiculous. One of the things that adds to it in Last of the Innocents is the all the flashback scenes are done in the Archie esque style, mm-hmm. so nice. it really like. How uh, how they didn't get sued over it or a cease and desist or something, I guess. Because nobody's directly, and I don't think he's a redhead either. You but, change it subtly so that it's yeah. not infringing their copyright. No. But Criminal on a whole, I can't wait till that book comes back. That's, mm. that, well, it's the, the deal that Brubaker and Phillips struck with Image has just produced gold. No. Just like on a whole. Because their deal is they don't even pitch it. Basically, they say, we're doing this book. It's going to be X amount of issues, the, this amount of traits. And Image goes, okay, we'll print it. That That's the deal they have. And it's out of it. Well, Criminal is started at Marvel, I guess, uh, through Icon. But it's been moved over to that. But since then, they did Fatal, which is a really neat take on, like, a cult Cthulhu Okay. Sort of story and um, the fade out, which is a noir set during kind of like McCarthyism in Hollywood. Like, no, as far as I can tell, no supernatural elements to it or anything like that. It'll, it'll, it'll make a great movie once uh, somebody gets the rights to it. Yeah. And uh, the, the current one that they've got is called Kill or Be Killed, where it's this guy is forced to become a vigilante, like the the Punisher, he has to kill one person a day or he's going to be killed. Oh, wow. And, but it's more like, it's more like a real person, like you or I, and what the, what that starts doing to you. Like, even if the guy's a bad guy and you're still murdering them, Does he right? still fumble? Along, does he have to cover up the murders and hide the bodies? Or is uh, it that I'm not sure. Yeah. I've only read the first issue. I'm more okay. waiting for the, the trade, uh, to come out because the, their books work really well in trade. But the nice thing is is they do stuff for both readers. Um, all of the, the Brubaker Phillips comics have a letter section and uh, a lot of them have essays 
at the back of the issues. Okay. Um, they did a series called Incognito under the Marvel icon, which is kind of their take on pulp, sort of science-y heroes and villains. And each issue had like an essay on one of those classic pulp characters like The Shadow or Doc Savage by Brubaker with an accompanying illustration by Phillips. Nice. But those aren't reprinted in the traits. Okay. So, it, like, it, you, but other stuff is reprinted in the traits, like, you know, sketches and all that sort of stuff. So, the, it really feels like you're you're either missing out on something or you're not missing out on something. So, you have to decide yeah. whether you're going to buy both or you're just going to stick with one and stick to it. So, good on them. Hmm. Anyways, thank you for listening to this episode. Um, before we go... Where can they find us, Kevin? So we are, I think the easiest place to find us is on Facebook. If you search for us at True North Nerds, you'll find our closed group. Uh, just send us an invite. We'll in, let you in. We are also on Twitter at True North Nerds, on Instagram at True North Nerds, and you can email us at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. And links to all those will be in the Facebook group. So. Yes, they are. So uh, for Ryan, Kevin, Jen, and myself, Thank you very much for listening. Next week is, or next episode is a Great Trekspectations where we dive back into Deep Space Nine. So come back if you like that. If not, two episodes later, we're back talking about normal geeky stuff. So uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. Set your phasers to been listening to the true north nerds recorded at the utility cupcake research kitchen reach the nerds on twitter at true north nerds on facebook under surprise true north nerds and you can reach them by email at true north nerds at gmail.com if you like the opening theme song it's called set your phasers to sexy by kirby crackle from the album sounds like you Please go to KirbyCrackleMusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it.